0: episode of the office where pam would transfer someone to michael scott and she would say transferring you now and he'd say something stupid because she did it as like a test run knowing that when he picked up the phone he couldn't actually you know the second time would be better it's the same type of thing here
1: that's how i feel right now okay Welcome to the Mixed Bag Podcast, part of the For the Ladies podcast, and this is where we talk about what's going on in women's golf, and this week in women's golf is the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. I'm back here with Justin Cruz, and we're we're doing our remote thing once again, um, but excited to, to talk about the KPMG, and I, I know we want to talk a little bit about Meyer because it was kind of like a prelude to this championship, but glad to be back.
0: Hey, it's always a pleasure to get together, talk some golf. Uh, the summer goes by so quickly. These major championships come and go. And, you know, with five major championships, the LPJ still has three more to go. So we've got a lot of big events left. And this is one of them. And there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. And we can touch on the Meyer event as well last week up in Michigan, which was a great success.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, um let's do we want to talk about that first i feel like we yeah. should it'll get lost in the shuffle so last week uh brooke henderson won
0: no <laughs> who won <laughs> jennifer cup won
1: You're oh my one. god <laughs> so for those who, <laughs> for those who are new here um i was working the u.s open and just like really not that was all in at the u.s open but wasn't there a playoff am i wrong
0: Yes. Do you want me to handle this and you can sit on the sidelines? It's just just let you do the show. That would
1: probably be the
0: best. You can interject with any of your uh, your, your good found uh, words of wisdom. But yes, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Meyer LPJ Classic for Simply Give. It had great coverage on the Golf Channel all four days. Uh, took place uh, outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Really an awesome leaderboard. Jennifer Cupcho defeated Leona McGuire and Nellie Corda.
1: Where did Brooke finish? Why did I think that she won?
0: She finished tied for ninth, and she did win prior to that at the shop, right? It also went over PC Weaver.
1: Okay, I feel better now.
0: Great interjection. But um <laughs> Jennifer won. There was a couple short missed putts. Really a good event, had nice local support. There was a great scene, I think, on am Saturday, where Tom Abbott from the Golf Channel was going through a really cool hospitality setup they had with a bunch of local food.
1: Oh yeah, that looks sweet.
0: Yeah, local food, local bars. It looked like a really, really high-end setup Yeah, that they put kind of inside a hospitality tent, but an amazing leaderboard. Both quarters in the top 10, Lexi Thompson, Brooke Henderson, and then a, a playoff with Jennifer, Leona, and Nelly. So hopefully you can take that energy and harness it towards the major championship this week. Uh, it was a great event. Um, how many
1: holes were the how many holes was the playoff?
0: I th- well L- Nelly got eliminated I think on the first hole and then maybe it went one or two more after that when Leona missed a, a short putt to, to lose, but really compelling 65 for Leona in the final round Nelly obviously getting into good form, did shoot 72, probably not what she was looking for in the final round, but getting herself back into contention after her break with her blood clot in her arm. So a lot of momentum building. It's just unfortunate at the end of the day, this event gets lost in the shuffle a little bit with like you talked about. I know you're biased and you're working and you're totally engrossed in the event, but you know, this was kind of wrapping up as the U.S. Open was wrapping up, and it's just kind of a tough date on the calendar for what was, if it was on its own, one of the the more exciting uh, women's professional events uh, of the entire season. I mean, not to mention- Well, and it Lydia had a Coe, good field. Yeah, Lydia Ko missed the playoff by one. I didn't even mention yeah. So, really, a lot of good storylines, a lot of good play, really compelling stuff, and it was a nice event. And like I said, hopefully this builds momentum here for the women's PGA championship.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, clearly I was not, I was just not tuned in and Hey, that happens. You can't tune in every week, no. Um, but excited for this week's KPMG women's PGA. Um, I have been kind of just like sitting here watching golf channel all morning, which has been nice. Um, and Just, it's fun to watch all of the, you know, past champions do their interviews and and see announcements that come out, um, surrounding the PGA of America, as well as, you know, the KPMG event and in total, um, obviously the biggest news of the week from an off the golf course perspective is the $9 million purse, which is double, um, last year. And I think Beth Ann Nichols wrote like, it's maybe four times the amount since 2014 or something like something. Incredibly large. Um, I was listening to the KPMG, uh, like a chief, I don't think she's the chief operating officer, but one of the representatives from the corporation speaking in the press conference today, and she was like, "Hey, like you know, somebody asked, like, is this like a, a race for each of the majors to beat each other out and who can create the biggest purse?" And she's like, "Come along for the ride because we need, you know, all of these purses to be elevated to help the women's game, you know." On the men's side, and we're not going to talk about it, but like the men are competing for $20 million purses uh, on other tours and, and, you know, speculations today that they're adding even more. And it's just funny that we're talking about how excited we are that we're at a $9 million purse, which we have come so far, but there's obviously still a long way to go, um, especially when it comes to parity and equity in the sport. So. Overall, just like great news, something to celebrate. I know the players are really excited and like very grateful for this opportunity. Um, so just good news to start the championship week.
0: Yep, and I think we started with the USGA, the RNA has raised their purse. This event's yep. raising its purse. Chevron's raising their purse. The majors really are in a different stratosphere. Yeah. In terms of prestige, but the financial stratosphere, in the women's game is it's great but it also creates a little bit of a dilemma when it comes to the quote-unquote regular events you have purses that are a million five a million seven for total purse and you're looking at an event this week where the winner's going to take home in excess of the total purse for the event you know in our hometown in sylvania ohio so right it's 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 baby steps and these are great steps these aren't just baby steps these are big steps to have purses where the winner's walking home with you know a million five a million eight at the women's open but it 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 does lead the question with money and points and prestige of where does that leave some of the the daily or weekly you know lpga events but
1: Right. And just like, what are they going to do? Like the tour at some point, like is going to have to address it. Like, you know, your product has to be just as good or it should be, you know, the majors are going to be elevated because of history and prestige and the courses and the venues. But like at some point, like your tour product needs to be elevated too.
0: Right. It's hard. It's hard to have, I don't know what the answer is. It's hard to have an event where you have a $9 million purse and then the next event is you know 2.5 and that's nothing against the event in midland michigan and then you have an event later in the year that's you know 1.75 that's a new event in the cincinnati area right it's just a big spread
1: yeah yeah i think it makes it tough for players like kind of like what do you just how do you create your schedule so that you peak around the majors and then like how does that you know take away from some of these events that are like crammed into certain times of the year um we saw it with the match play event. Like, you know, you have players who just like, aren't playing, it's not worth that much golf before Mm -hmm. the US Women's Open. So it's just stuff like that, um, that I think will need to be considered, continue to be taken into consideration. Absolutely. Well, regardless, all good news, I'm um, excited to talk about the course, the venue, Congressional Country Club Blue Course. This is the first time a women's professional event is being held there. Um, our, our good friend, Andrew Green, led the renovation of the course last year. Um, some other courses he's renovated. I say that because we are at Inverness Club. And then Oak Hills East Course is also done by him. Um, I was trying to do some research and maybe you found more Justin but from what I found you know he removed the property's tree-lined fairways and greens built new holes uh, expanded fairways from 24 acres to 50 acres um, enlarged the greens um, I don't know if you've like heard or read anything else
0: just a lot, of, a lot of pictures some flyovers it does have you know, I think Andrew has a distinct style when you look at what he's done at Sciota and Columbus. When you look at what he did at Inverness Oak Hill, the tee boxes, the fairways, there's a lot of squared off angling that you'll see on TV that just presents very well that we saw on television with the Solheim Cup. You know, the Instagram photos that are coming out from this event, the flyovers, uh, with the clubhouse fun fact it's allegedly the largest clubhouse in the country at congressional oh. right it can't be cheap to maintain but it is what it is but i think what andrew's done is elevate some of these older uh golf courses that maybe fell out of a little favor in championship golf and kind of relit some fire into a lot of these venues and i talk we talk a lot about venue this is another event it's at Congressional this year. It's at Baltus Raw next year. Uh, in 2025, it's going to the new PGA course. In 2027, it's coming back to Congressional. So another event that is going to some familiar venues. And when you look at Congressional, you know, they have a great list and a great history. Kevin Curry yep. won a U.S. Open there. Ernie Els, Rory McElroy mm-hmm. won a U.S. Open and they've hosted a, pg tour event on again off again at various points in their history where guys like tiger woods and the infamous anthony kim once won events so there's a lot of history at this uh, venue a lot of looks and feels that'll be uh, familiar to golf fans when they tune into the coverage but it's really exciting to see how it plays see how it's set up Uh, i saw that the the yardage Uh, that's listed on the website is in excess of uh, 6,900 yards. So longer than what they played at Pine Needles a few weeks ago. So again, they're not going to tip that out every day, but it sounds like there's going to be some length. And the PGA traditionally for the men does a great job of setting up the venue of keeping it competitive and challenging without kind of being your head against the wall. And I look for something similar to that this week where it will be very challenging and the cream will rise to the top as it tends to lately.
1: Um, I am looking up at, so No Laying Up is on on site and they have posted some amazing photos um, of Congressional and some of them are like before and after photos, Uh, specifically they did 11. Um, It's awesome. I mean, it looks, it's like really exciting. I'm excited to watch it on TV, of course, looks beautiful.
0: and so, I think it's great for the LPGA to have this iconic venue where yeah. their event is the debut, the reopening, the reintroduction yes. Yes. of a golf course that people have familiarity with or totally. some memory of.
1: Yeah. I mean, I worked at Tiger Woods Foundation when the Quicken Loans National was there. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful property. It's huge, um, but super excited but now looking at those photos. It looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into the field. Um, it's, you know, this is, so just like the U.S. Women's Open, this championship is on a road uh, or, you know, it rotates. It goes to different courses every year, um, repeats every few years, like you were just saying. And um, so it, you know, so you can't always look to like, who's the defending champion. Um, but with that said, you know, I forget, like MB Park won this three times from 2013 to 2015 yep. um so you know there is something to be said about pj how the PJ of america sets up the course um you know maybe certain players are likened to that um you know you just see familiar familiar names and faces when it comes to who those past champions are um i don't know i i picked out some of like my favorite groupings because the pairings are out um i don't know if you want to share a few of yours
0: Sure, I'll go first. Obviously, I'm sure you'll mention the Nelly Corda group, so I'll My pass. very
1: original pick of Nelly Corda. <laughs>
0: I'll pass on that one and leave that teed up for you. I have two morning groups, um, or one morning group besides the Nellie, NB, Brooke Henderson, Dynamo group. The group that I like that's a little different is the Group 13 at 8.06 off of number one of Jin Young-Ko, Angela Stanford, and Matilda Castron. I think you have two or three players that are in different phases of their careers. Jin Young-Ko is one of the top players, if not the top player in the world trying to get the ball rolling on her 2022 season. Angela Stanford is kind of an American, you know, legend in terms of recent Solheim success, setting herself up to be a future captain and Matilda Castron was on the Solheim cup last year, won an event last year, and it's kind of carrying the flag along with some others for European women's golf. So three players, you know, one kind of in the the prime, one maybe on the way up and one kind of on the end that all have good name recognition. And again, aren't part of the, the firepower at 733 off of the number one tee of NB, Nelly and Brooke
1: yes Brooke who did not win last week <laughs> um yeah I obviously picked that group thought it you know it's MB Park it was I was listening to her press conference earlier and they were like you know how did you win three in a row and she's like I I don't know like you know when you're hot you're hot kind of thing and um she obviously likes how the PGA of America sets up golf courses but um and then Nellie I mean Nellie is you know we had no idea what like how she would return from being off the golf course for for that blood clot. And she's come back and she's had top finishes and um she's playing well. So I think that'll be great to watch. And then Brooke Henderson was listening to talk her talk this morning on uh, golf central about um having to use a shorter driver because she was using a 48-inch driver and in the rules of golf, they have change that so she can't have that long long of a driver anymore and she they were saying you know you've actually become more accurate off the tee I think that'll certainly be something to you know have at congressional this week um so just I'm excited about that group I hope they I hope they come out strong and um I hope fans are out watching another group that stuck out to me was um and this isn't necessarily by play, but Bronte Law just won on the L.E.T. And she's playing with Allison Lee, who they they played together at UCLA. They're good friends. And Emily Pedersen, they all competed in the Soul, Junior Solheim Cup. Um, similar years for me. I just I always look back to my AJGA days and they were all you know friendly and it's just a fun group. Um, And then additionally, the Lydia Ko, Aria Jatanagar and Jessica Corda group is certainly one to watch. I'd love to see Jessica win a major. Um, And yeah, they stuck out.
0: Well, you teed that up nicely for me when we talk about the field of players that are not in attendance.
1: Well, I was going to say, I I know you I figured you would want to talk about that. So let's get into it.
0: So a couple of weeks ago, the Scandinavian Mixed, a great event hosted by Henrik Stenson and Annika Sorenstam. Equal number of uh, players from the DP World Tour, also known as the European Tour, as well as the LET Tour or the Ladies European Tour. Uh, Obviously playing from separate tees, but this event in its first few years has been dominated by uh, male players, both in terms of the winner and the top 10, top 20. Uh, That was kind of the, the the trend going into it a couple of weeks ago and Lynn Grant uh, bucked that trend and she dominated the field one by nine shots uh, was 14 shots better than the next closest female player, really a dominant, dominant performance. Uh, I think the event, unfortunately, like we talked about got overshadowed by a lot of other things in the golf news, you know, Twitter, Twitter sphere, if you will, right now, but I was disappointed that the uh, KPMG LPJ did not give Lynn Grant one of the remaining sponsor exemptions. And this isn't against any player that they did select. Um, you know, I think one of the players they selected is a top 50 player, a young up and coming European player that has a bright, bright future. And another player they selected has a sponsorship arrangement with the sponsor. And right. these things happen, and you know, it's the way the world works. It's the way the cookie crumbles, but I think it's a, a missed opportunity to actually grow the game, to talk about this great story, to have Lynn Grant on golf channel and talk about her being the first female winner of a European tour event. And she's ranked hundredth in the Rolex rankings, clearly a established player that is on the rise in Europe. Some of that you expect to be in Solheim cups, Totally. A unique story. And it just feels like a miss.
1: I'm tr- so when, when did that tournament finish? I'm kind of trying to put it into the. It finished. Last weekend.
0: Last weekend. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, we were all watching it. Like that was the fun part. So I was at the country club and it was on the, like on the big TVs in the media center. And like, it was pretty sweet to like see it come in. It was just like, there's a lot going on um, outside of, you know, when it's not really like, in the United States and it's at a weird time. I mean, it finished at a good time because I remember like people were watching and we were all sitting in there, but it was so dominant and cool and totally, like you said, a missed opportunity to to elevate that story, um, especially to just put Lynn on a bigger stage and, and, and see how that would shake out for her.
0: Right. And it's cool. I mean, her last L.E.T. LA win in Belgium, she got $30,000. And for this win, she got in excess of 300,000. Got it was so great for her financially, career wise, notoriety wise. But like I said, I think somebody fell in love with corporate relationships and missed an opportunity here to truly, you know, as we talk a lot, it's a buzzword right now, grow the game and put somebody on a pedestal that maybe isn't familiar with a lot of fans or American fans. She did play golf in the United States, but a player that I feel is on the rise and we'll see her. She'll be at the the Scottish. She'll be at Evian and she'll be at the open championship. So we're going to get to see Lynn Grant. She's going to get to prove herself. But I think this would have been a cool introduction to a good player.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, any, anybody else you want to talk about? That's not in the field. Mm-hmm. No,
0: I didn't didn't really have anyone that was just 90 but 99 of the top 100 in the current LPGA standings are in the field I'm not sure who the one that isn't is
1: it's Danielle King oh yeah and that was something I was like gonna bring up but I was like I don't know um she's you know she's a past champion I believe uh maybe 2017 is when she won um and
0: how confident are you in that answer uh 70 percent 70 percent Danielle Kang 2017 at Olympia in Chicago
1: what I'm talking about
0: (laughs) um (laughs) um,
1: and I've done a lot I mean you know I I try to come as prepared as possible I might not have known who won last week but I try to be as prepared as possible for this week um but she is the one and I mean, during the U S women's open, she had shared, she has like a, a benign tumor on her spine. And so, you know, she, she announced that she was taking some, some time off to, to get her health back, uh, back in shape and, and hopefully she's doing okay, but past champion and top 100 in the world. It's certain, I'm sure she'll either be, she'll either be watching or she will be staying as far away from it as possible, but um, you know, hope she's doing all right. Um aside from that you know i'm just excited i'm excited we have another major um it's fine that you know golf central this week has all, um, all female hosts and analysts at the desk um sitting here watching um Paige McKenzie and Amanda Blumenhurst kind of talk through things they had Catherine Tappan on earlier. Um, I think they really lean in, which I think is cool. Um, You you know, off the course, they do like a leadership summit and stuff. Like that's kind of the identity of the KPMG women's PGA championship is, you know, the women in leadership and and growing the the women's game as well as growing female leaders. So they seem to kind of walk the walk and and that's pretty cool. Um, Aside from that, I think predictions,
0: Predictions sure to go wrong. I'm oh, old. yeah. <laughs> Last, for the U.S. Women's Open, I had three predictions, maybe even four, n- none of which were any good. So I'm going with one prediction. This okay, week. great. Uh, my winner, currently available in faraway places at 16 to 1 on the betting boards, who since 2015 has not finished worse in this event than a tie for 30th. Okay. including five top tens and in the first two majors of the year finished 13th and 15th so competitive uh my pick to win and i'm projecting that this is going to be a course that's going to play to her strength of a longer driver of the golf ball is canada's own brooke henderson oh
1: i was going to say the same so i'm gonna have to especially because i thought she won last week <laughs> um but i'm gonna pick somebody else so hey, okay. on um, I was going to look at it. I remember, I think I looked at Jessica course She's missed kind of a few cuts this year. Mm-hmm. So that I, I can't. Well, you're
0: uh, drilling through your, you know, copious notes. I, I
1: actually will, have notes. Yeah, go ahead. I
0: will share with you a couple additional kind of fun or interesting facts.
1: Oh, um, well, there are there fun facts that I get to guess.
0: Yes. No, this isn't really guess. This okay. is just a fun fact to share. But The last six years, the eventual winner of this championship has led or co-led after 36 holes.
1: Sweet.
0: After after Friday night, the winner has been either leading or co-leading the last six years, which is interesting because it shows that people aren't coming from the back of the pack with 36 holes to go.
1: Okay, I'm going with Lydia Coe
0: dynamite choice um played well last week in an event you thought was won by another player Uh, (laughs) fourth I think that's a great choice she's due and it would be a good feel-good story
1: yeah she's due she hasn't finished but like outside top 25 this year um I I feel good about that pick
0: I really like it Do you know what the odds are I can look it up if you're interested. She's got to be one of the favorites. I would say she's probably a slightly lower uh, return than your, your our pal Brooke. But you want to talk about uh, how to watch and the tickets while I look up our odds on the great Lydia Co?
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll keep this show going. <laughs> um, so... Uh, pretty pretty solid viewing opportunities this week. Um, you could watch it Thursday and Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Golf Channel, and then Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 3 on NBC. So 1 to 4 on NBC. So truly, no complaints. I'm sure there are streaming opportunities outside of those windows as well. Um, but I'm I'm excited. I I'm gonna be tuned in. I'm nowhere to be this weekend. Like I'm going to watch. Um, uh, that's what typically takes me away from watching golf, which is like why I love like NCAAs I love when they're on on like a Wednesday night finish I'm like this is right up my alley I can tune into this but um no I'm super excited it's gonna be incredibly hot here in Pinehurst so I'm not gonna want to be outside in the afternoon so I'm just gonna sit here and watch um but yeah what are what are my ads?
0: 12 to 1, 12, oh. which is the third betting favorite. Wow. By the way, the last major championship you ignored was the Women's Open Championship last year when you were shopping for your wedding dress.
1: That's right. <laughs> and this year, what is the date of the Women's Open?
0: Let's see. It oh, more great radio.
1: I don't know. No, I'll keep talking while you look that up. Um, the Something else I wanted to bring up, which I know I bring this up a lot, but like tickets to go to this major championship are very inexpensive. So if you're in the D.C. area, tickets are $19 and a premium ticket is $90. So, like, get out and go. Like, it's got to be cheaper than going to a Capitals game or a Nats baseball game. Like, just go. It's it's so easy. Congressional is beautiful. I'm sure they've got the hookup. I remember when I worked there, there's a bus that drops you off literally at Congressional. Like, the transportation's got to be fine. Um, so, as Justin and I always talk about, like, getting to an actual event and being up close with the players is such a great experience. The, You know, the players are great to fans. They sign autographs forever. They're, you know, they're happy to have have you out there. And you can have a beverage outside in the summer. Like, there's nothing like it. And it's cheap. So, so go. (laughs)
0: Uh, The AIG Women's Open, live from the East Lothian coast of Scotland at the Honorable Company of Edinburgh Golfers Muirfield, is August 4th to the 7th.
1: Which is the wedding weekend, and I will once again not be watching (laughs)
0: I think we're wide open that weekend.
1: <laughs> we should watch it together. Just like tell everybody to like hang for a minute. While it's on watch. in the
0: morning. It'll be on in the morning. It'll be perfectly fine. But no, this is a a great event. Three majors to go. Uh, two really cool venues. And then, you know, Evian. <laughs> and then I know, man. But, uh, you know, congressional and then Muirfield. It's it's lining up to be pretty exciting. So a lot of good stuff. Great TV coverage. Uh, on yeah. a personal note and fun fact, I got an invite this week for the Pro-Am for the Dana LPJ event here in Toledo over Labor Day. So I pity Sick. the player that gets stuck with me for nine holes.
1: Oh, we're going to have to have you like take over the Instagram account for sure. Stephanie's going to have to come it.
0: out and A live update Oh my god, a hundred
1: percent. Well, Stephanie, caddy for you.
0: I don't know. You play. I that would be really funny. You play with two different players. You play nine holes with one yeah. player and nine holes with another. Which obviously is great for the players because they don't get bogged down. Yeah. With either obnoxious people or hacks or both. So. Oh my
1: god! Amazing. Yeah.
0: Last year we played nine holes with Emma Talley, who was a ton of fun, and then got rained out. But uh, looking forward to it. Always fun to get an inside look at those events and meet players that maybe I don't know or aren't familiar with. So got a couple months to uh, get my lousy game back in shape.
1: You are like sneaky becoming like, you know, Mr. Women's Golf Tour,
0: like just invited to
1: things.
0: You know, it's my pleasant disposition, really. It's got to be it. And I'm a good, you know, I'm a good steward of the golf course. And when you're a good steward of the golf course, good things happen. You.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, Justin, I'm sure I'll talk to you all week. Can't wait to tune in.
0: It'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot to uh, talk about. Hopefully the weather's good in the greater DC area and we get a great finish like we had last week when Jennifer Cup show won, <laughs> not, for
1: not for Henderson. Yeah, no, it should be great. I know Nellie mentioned that there is some weather in the forecast, so I'm sure that will certainly of interest to people, but I overall, I'm super pumped. Can't wait to recap it with you and uh, have a great week.
0: Hey, have a good one. Thanks, Abby.
1: Thanks.